What makes this society tick? Is it our intelligence, our reason, science, or something more simple that we are not alone in this universe? But the reality is, what if we have no choice that it takes a strange kind of craziness to reach Mars? But what if that strange kind of crazy is hindered by a world looking for attention? What if the complement to one's own existence is nothing more than a hindrance, delaying and possibly devolving backwards into the huts of the past and the cold hard ground? It is time for a reformation and a realization that it has always been you and it always will be you. The stars are our playground, the earth is our home, but it could become a graveyard and another dead ball in the universe. Welcome to The Rational Mail, Religion and Positive Masculinity, a five-week special from Beyond This Earth, hosted by Novid Hollerbeck. This is Beyond This Earth. This special presentation of Beyond This Earth will return right after these messages. This special edition of Beyond This Earth now continues. Hello folks, this is Novid Hollaback. Like to tell you a story as we continue with the specials, part four of a deeper look into the rational male, religion and positive masculinity. Let's talk about the reality of a boy's existence. It could be any boy of any race, but it's close to the future. Many of us who are millennials will grow old and some will find their happiness and some will never reach anywhere close to a smirk. But I want to talk about in this particular episode, a story about a boy in the near future. He starts out in the streets of decrepit towns. It starts off just a young boy crawling in a small house, not big. You notice that the ceiling is only nine feet high. The small boy does not care. The mother is taking care of a, another child. Not twins, mind you, born 18 months apart. You might think that this is not normal. Where is the father? But in certain ways, the father will always be a crutch for this young man. He will always be searching for him, searching but never finding the man that is missing in his life. 
the boy grows a little older and the mother is not at the right weight. Nowhere near the right looks. Her chest has sagged. Her legs are weaker. She's putting on lipstick. She's not in the nude, but the child is now walking. He may have a little toy in his hand. He started to form words. He's trying to ask a question to his mother. Wondering what is the mother doing? Just putting on lipstick. She responds to him. The boy does not understand what the mother has to go through. In some strange way, this seems normal. He does not have any understanding on how the world works. He doesn't have a lot of toys outside of the rattle. A couple of cars that they got from a Rite Aid. They have a couple of clothes. Some educational devices they got from Goodwill and other entities that the media has placed out. Yeah, the media has placed out these things to help the downtrodden. A little bit helps, but our society wastes too many things. The mother doesn't even care. The mother is listening to certain music in order to pump herself up. You may know the words. You may even know the lyrics. You may even know the singers belonging to these lyrics. But it seems to be more of a facade. She's not that far from 16. And the society that told her, you must make a man out of any of these decrepit, insepid young men that we have to push out of school systems that no longer produce outstanding and upstanding gentlemen and ultimately persons willing to keep things and do things right. He's about to start school in a couple of months. During the time that he's about to start school, you begin to understand certain things about this woman. She has many friends. And her many friends go out, try to help, that sort of thing. Many of her female friends she knew from high school. They did all the things teenagers do, and teenagers have been doing since time immemorial. This may be the one. This is the one. I'ma play around. Stop hitting me. Chasing all over the high schools, in many places all over the world, the hopeful boyfriend, the wish for a girlfriend, the connection, the realization, the discovery of one's sexual powers and prowess. 
most adults don't understand any of these things because most adults have never experienced them the way they thought they were going to experience them when they were younger. So sometimes the lashing out against the youth is ill misgotten days, misgotten hopes, and misgotten glory that they see others getting. And sometimes some of these revenge stories that we see all over the net now in our generation is about the disappointments of the era of schooling. But we go back to the boy inside the car with his single mother. He's the man of the house. Two more children are with him. One a girl, the other the male child that was there. The girl is not as talkative. The girl pretty much is just sitting there slumped over. They do not have the ability to buy baby seats for the kids. But they have the ability to give the mother everything that she needs to continue her ways. The mother asked the son, what did you want to buy? That's even a question that he asked before they entered. He wants ice cream. The mother trying to be a disciplinarian said there will be no ice cream. We're here to get you your school clothes. A woman being a disciplinarian is hard enough. Imagine with two boys and one young girl with no father anywhere around. The boy starts asking a question about all the men that come into the house. Are they fixing some things? Are they doing all these other things? The mother doesn't really give a straight answer. Too young to tell the real truth of the matter is. They arrive at the store, they buy the clothes. Some days pass, it's only a few days before school arrives. It's first day of school, mind you. And a young man, not that far from 20, and a couple of his friends, arrive at the house. The young boy is confused. What are they all doing here? The mother shoes the children away. She asks one of her friends to go and watch them in another room while things are being taken care of. They watch SpongeBob in his 25th season the young children, mind you. But they overhear shouting and all the rest of it. There's only two TVs in the whole place. And they're not in the room where the second TV is. 
So the boy asked the auntie, which is just a friend of the family, what's the mother doing? Oh, they're just watching Netflix. Don't worry about it. Is it one of the things that make the mother laugh? Mommy laugh? Yeah, it's one of the things that make the mother laugh. She just rubs the boy's head and they just continue watching. After two hours, lucky enough that the show is still somewhat presentable at this stage, the men leave. The boys don't come out for at least another 15 minutes. They see the mother not so disheveled, but relieved. The boy wonders if the mother's okay, and the mother said, I'm in the best shape of my life. That's a weird statement to say to a young kid. Later on, as they go to bed, the children are in one room. The male children are in one room. The female child is with the mother. In another section of the bed, the young boy asks his older brother, what do you think happened? The young boy does not even give an answer. I heard mom screaming. Screaming? Yeah. Mom don't scream. Only if we did something bad. Yeah, but she was screaming different screams. I thought they were hurting her. They scream like that when they were watching the thing that makes them laugh. Don't worry about it. Oh, you should be worried about it, young man. In later years, you will find out why it was to worry about. School arrives and the first day comes and the mother cries and all other mothers cry as they try to go to work or other particular business of that nature. And they leave the next 18, 19 years of their children's existence into understanding the world, to understanding history, society, mathematics, reading, and everything else of that nature to a stranger. Some are females, just as young as their mother, just as spry as their mother, and just as hypergamous as the young boy's mother. They treat the children with respect as much as they can. The two brothers, as they go through school, they do all right. 
they start writing, they start reading, lions, tigers, dragons, the whole nine yards. Toys are all over the place. More toys than he has at home. So he kind of guards these toys. They teach them basic cleanliness, washing hands, making sure they're dry. They read books. They learn how to read. They learn how to read silently. They learn how to be quiet. They learn how to fold their hands. They learn how to write. Simple times, this. It won't be so simple forever. And in a little bit, on some days during the school, in the school, the teachers tend to favor the females over our young friend here and many of his male compatriots and his brothers. It is not a surprise. Don't you think that it isn't fair that they treat the females better than the males? Maybe it isn't fair. Maybe something deeper is at work. But how can you tell a five-year-old child who doesn't even know where his own father is that something is wrong with the picture that he sees. He kind of looks over it. How can a five-year-old understand all of these things? He goes on, he plays his toys. As he grows older, not that much older, the mother has reached a stage where she's over the hill. The man that he sees coming to the house get a little bit older. They seem to be blobs. Blobs with stenches that he doesn't understand and he never will. The mother tries to protect the children, especially the young girl, away from what is going on. He doesn't understand what's going on. More strange men come. One day, a smack is heard. The young boy races out, and the brother too, screams and shouts. He doesn't understand what's going on. But luckily, the older man knows better not to go and attack children. He just walks out and closes the door. The mother is crying. The young boy said, are you all right? The mother shakes her head and says, she'll be, this is the first time that he sees it. I'm not gonna tell you what he sees. It's not even the right place for that to be shown. But this are the darkened streets 
of American society in a house that is basically too small for the dreams of these young men. For a mother who has distanced herself from the child's biological father. And now he sees some things that will be etched in his brain. Things that he should never be allowed to see. He will be always be looking for someone like Hero. And he sees it in Captain America. He sees it in Superman. He sees it in all of the ancient series that have existed for many, many years. Those stories of great men and great heroes he enjoys. Maybe they are the representations of his father. But why didn't he say? Why didn't he stay with us? He doesn't understand. For all he knows is these heroes save the world. He has an understanding they're not real. But in certain cases and in certain days, he wishes that they were real. That his father would come home with Captain American shield. And they would have said, ah, I know what he does for a living. It reaches to a point where the boy starts growing up. And things started to get faster and faster. He becomes a young man. He has some successes in school. Spelling bee successes, third place. Sports successes, tops in scoring in soccer. He has succeeded in his early parts of his life. Despite the fact that things are not what it seems. The mother starts getting older, grayer, no longer doing the things that she used to do. She now has other places to do that with, with other situations. She's found a job, doesn't pay her much. She's gone much fatter, much more rotund. Not the same thing that he saw long ago. He doesn't understand what has happened. He will soon. Through other women. But now he's 16 years old and it is the prom. You know, before the prom, he had his sights on a nice cheerleader. Beautiful blonde hair. Supermodel looks unstoppable smile like the constellations of the stars a Calypian look right out of the books that he see in the library no not the those ones I'm not talking about the ones that the Catholic Church used as a form of censorship 
I'm talking about the real ones. I'm talking about the Greek goddesses. I'm talking about those levels. I'm talking about the magazines that he sees from the 1980s of Claudia Schiffer and Cindy Crawford and Christy Brinkley. Yes, that's the cheerleader. Oh, do you, can you imagine his luck if he can get her to the prom? But in one way, you must understand that these women, these young girls are given a responsibility they were never asked to give. But that responsibility will be pushed into another level. And what do I mean by pushed into another level? They will be in the initiates, the man's masculinity and his interest into human society of the West. Ain't that crazy that it happens on senior, senior prom? Ain't that crazy? It's not fully crazy, but it is that stepping stone. You know, many of us have gone through those stepping stones. Some of us have never got there. But in recent generations, we were not even given the choice. It was taken from us. We didn't have the capabilities that we had now. If one good thing from this internet that has come is that the knowledge and the people that have interpreted this big data knowledge has given many the tools to see the mistakes we have made when we were younger. How do we know there were mistakes? We can see the actions and the reactions that have happened now. But I want to concentrate on the story because the story is extremely important. There are some girls that this young boy like. There's some girls that like him. He's not interested in those girls. Know why he's not interested in them? They're not this girl. Oh, you heard of this. Yeah, I know you heard of it. It's not this girl. This girl, this girl is the one dreams are made of, this cheerleader. He had some dalliances before when he was 13 years old with certain other girls. It didn't lead to anything. And things were awkward back then. Incidental touching, that sort of thing. It is what it is, but 16, yes, 16. This is where he is going to make his move. He thought that all the nice little pickup lines that he learned from the internet are going to get him the girl. These days, with newer internet technologies, even though the internet is nowhere what it was, Back in our time, she knows her way around this new world, this new order. 
She speaks the corporate speak. The corporate speak of privilege. The corporate speak of all of this. The woke. And yet she's able to keep her figure and keep her beauty. It's a little different in the face. It's more of, if you can perceive it, the way Vesco handles their facial expressions, how they handle eyelashes, darker pastel eyelashes. But the rest of her, pretty much an 80s supermodel, the height of all supermodels. We can't overlook certain things. The young boy overlooks it and says, this is it. There may be no one else. He doesn't know it's an initiation. Most boys of his generation, our generation, never knew it was an initiation. The baby boomers didn't really realize it. The Gen Xers didn't even notice it. Maybe it was the GIs that took it outside of its frame and gave it something, some space in the realization because they had a war to win. But in the end of the analysis, he continues the pattern and the pattern continues to fester into what he will suffer for worse than what we are going through now. The prom comes through. Some of it is virtual these days. Some of it with those that have changed their looks. Some of them are same sets. Some of it are polyamorous. Everybody dances to the new songs, to the old classics. And there she is with the blonde hair and those eyelashes. The dark pastel eyelashes. He didn't ask for a date. They don't ask for dates too much like that anymore. Dates are now the privilege of the state. You have to go to the state in order to get a date or they will choose a date for you. If, if you decide to have one. He finds it weird that you, that the governor chooses a woman to be with you on prom, any person of that matter. So he says, no, he could have asked her, but he wasn't allowed to. She's in a beautiful dress. Her date, he doesn't even know. 
is actually the one that she is with. So, taking a humongous risk, he just wants to dance with her. Now, she knows him a little bit. They talk for a little while. Considers him nice, but not strong enough compared to the dude that turns around in an incredulous manner and looks at him with incredulous eyes, a fiery soul given to him by the gynocracy because he is the chosen of the elite, the chosen alpha male that is duty bound to protect and is allowed to protect women like the cheerleader. Motherfucker, what's your malfunction? I was just asking her if I could dance with her for one. You can't ask nobody to dance for any fucking thing. Go somewhere with that shit, bruh. Yeah, sorry. This is my date. I ain't mean to disappoint you or anything. You just sulk away. You're disappointed. Yeah, this wasn't the ideal. She already chose him before any of this took place. You could have done the same, but you were too afraid. Your mother told you not to put on airs. Always defer to the woman. She knows better than you. Just like your mother knows best for you. It will be the story of that boy's life for years to come. Make sure you put that in your mind as you continue listening to this story. Later on that night, he sees something. He walks through the hallway. The cameras are still on. And then he hears a noise, a similar noise to what he heard all that many years ago. His curiosity gets the better of him and he walks in. It's a scene right out of the virtual realities that he sees. This is real and he can smell the stench. They're not too close to him and he can see it and the stench and the steam is sticking on his clothes. All he sees is shadows, 
Shadows attacking and praying. Giving prayer. Communication. He walks away. Someone overhears this. No one gives chase. He leaves the school building. And since he knows how to drive, he gets into his mother's car that he was borrowing. Remember, they're poor and they don't have much. He breathes heavily. He doesn't understand what has happened. Within five minutes, a strange young man knocks on the door. Yo, motherfucker! What the fuck is going on, man? He kept knocking and knocking and it became harder and harder. He was about to break the window. He turns on the engine and floors it out. They try to give chase. But the car is fast enough. Some days later, they come back to school and the prom seems to be another successful one. A lot of lucky young men become men overnight. Some, his clique, never get lucky. They become extremely resentful. And this resentment will last them for many, many years. Our protagonist, however, feels a little bit different. Not knowing what type of weirdness have taken place. He tries to mind his schoolwork when right out of the blue, the cheerleader shows up and sits right next to the young boy. This is just before class. She never arrives this early. She passes her phone over and clicks. What he saw next aroused him and scared him. Right out of his pornography that he usually sees in VR, the cheerleader, just like one of the actresses in the scene. Three of her boyfriend's friends and the boyfriend itself in the same place. 
Why didn't you join us? She turns off the phone and sits down in a suggestive manner, the whole class. Time passes. The young boy graduates from high school. The cheerleader goes on into other things. Oh, she dumped that boyfriend, by the way. She's going to go into modeling. And maybe some night school. The protagonist, at the other hand, he's going to college. The first in his family to do so. So college comes around. He's a little bit taller, a little bit lankier, if you can believe it. And the friends that he lost in high school, he gains new friends in college. The girls there are not too much conservative, but they dress simply. They still talk about old high school days and former boyfriends and trying to get new ones. It's difficult to come out of a worldview and a life. For four years, you are told that you are going to become an adult now. And many in our generation and future generations won't make the cut. You notice something very interesting, however. These shiny, semi-robotic entities with these very rotund gentlemen, glasses, pocket protectors, and the whole nine yards. You ask one of your new friends, what are these going around? Oh, those are those androids that they're buying these days, huh? And they, I heard they're, they're pretty good in bed or some stuff like that, man. Why would they be doing that? They can't get no girls here. Don't worry about that shit, bro. Come on, we gotta get to class. You start to wonder what is going on. You're not too worried about it. You do well in your studies. Money is tight these days. The mother has gotten much, much older. The mother is worried about things. But your younger brother is going for the same thing too. You taught him a little bit of what happened back when you were 16. 
so he wouldn't fall into the same cracks. One of the good things our protagonist did. Your younger brother is a little bit luckier, but somewhat suffers the same fate. It's a little bit worse too because he got beat up. Badly. At prom night. He's a little bit more angrier than you. But he loses too many of the battles that he gets in. He's about to graduate in a couple months. And you are doing well in school. And everything seems to be all right. However, things start to change in the school. Incidences have taken place. Sexual harassment. Sensual assault. It started again just like it has started in our generation, in a generation that will came after us. It's not a good sight. They've already placed new rules, and now more rules are being placed. Consent forms have to be allowed. Before you even got to the school, they taught you about all the things the corporation wants you to do in order for the corporation to survive. In order for you to be successful in school. In order for you not to get in trouble in school. And so, you try your best, but things are still not the way it seems. Protests start up again, and it's bad too. And then you see it again, a dance troupe, but not just any dance troupe. They wrote the words, I am God, in big bold letters with their lipsticks. And they dance. And they do things with their naked bodies that only a few people in barely any clothes could pull off. They do it haphazardly. They do it with a passion but their bodily actions do not match that same passion. One does not realize that these protesters do not have control over their own sexuality and must protest over that same lack of control. You do not understand this, but your friends push you away. They don't want to get caught up in the nonsense if because one of the new rules they put out is that any male that goes and sees them doing that protest will be kicked out. Zero tolerance when you started in elementary, zero tolerance when you went into element when you went to middle school, zero tolerance in high school, and now it's been moved into college. 
Have you even left elementary? If this is the rules they are giving you as an adult. The protests get worse. And now they're hunting everybody that does not accept their ways. Schools are basically canceled for a couple of days as they try to reconfigure things once again to make these women happy. It was not only four years ago some of them initiated men into manhood. And then with that understanding, they are saying they deserve the responsibility to decide who will get degrees and who doesn't get degrees. Some of them were denied the opportunity of getting men into manhood. You begin to wonder if those rotunded, smart, glassed, neck-bearded men had the right idea. Then disaster strikes. The attack on the gyroids. They started to destroy every single electrical item there, knowing that the gyroids need to be charged every two hours. The men get mad and they start swinging. Arrests are made. The school is closed for another three days. After cleaning up the mess, a text message was being sent that linked into a website and they explained the expansion of the rules. They turned the college into a totalitarian state. Perfect for these women who have too many anxiety problems to even survive such stressful things as learning how to do work and studies and reading and mathematics. It is truly a sad sight to behold. To escape all this, to escape all of these things, you decide to take a job, a small one, Uber Eats, give you a little bit of freedom in between worlds that you never had that much money to survive through. And you never have that much time in a school setting, no matter what the age, to even look at things that might interest you. So the little time that you have on the Uber Eats delivering food to others is maybe the only time you can even meet people these days. You understand how much we are controlled by 
these entities that have taught us the new morality and the new way of seeing things. It's a sad reality and a sad fate for people set apart for a nation built on a hill. You kind of read that because you're interested in politics a little bit, but you're more interested in sports. The other freedoms that you have is that you're a talented player and you feel like you can go into the leagues. You'll never make it. You're not that good. But you like the sport enough. Maybe you should do something in sports. Couldn't hurt. Then one day, something really interesting happened. You take a delivery and you head out deep into an unknown zone. The unknown zones are where basically you're on your own. The city can't govern it. It's basically an outlaw. But the internet works all the same. You see the zombies all around. Walking. Fentanyl. Newer drugs. Krakow. Not a game. You stay in your car and you arrive at the place. On the other side, there is a humongous landfill. And on that landfill are just naked men. Oh, they're not touching each other. They're going at it with broken pieces of the gyroids. The stench is overwhelming. You look back and you knock. You see the young man, the young bearded man with glasses, the young bearded man with glasses, neck bearded man, basically in a robe with the gyroid on his side. Thanks for the pizza, man. He sold on and said, wait, what is going on here? We gotta get it out, basically. He sounds just like you and speaks in a certain way. You wonder, this could have been me if it was any different. Man, do you need anything else? He goes, thank you. He tips you and he leaves. The unfortunate fate of some men in this new age is to get a doll and stop worrying about what the world thinks of them. You're not one of those people, no. But the world, the genocracy, they have plans for you. 
By the time you reach graduation for the bachelor's degree in sports medicine, mind you, you knew you weren't going into the league, but you knew that you were going into areas where you can become successful. They still need sports medicine. They're still sports but it's not the same as it once was. Now, if you recall the young man with the neck beard, he is a major gamer. So much so, in fact, that he's in an international team. And so, you are hired by these team phase groups in order to handle neck issues, back issues, and other things of that nature. Cupping, acupuncture, and all the rest of it. It's a part of your senior project in order to get your bachelor's degree. You also help fit some of their gyroids. They have become way too popular. And many women said that this, this sexism beyond the pale. The government does nothing. However, many of the corporations do not allow these giant rides in their buildings, giving them the emphasis to ban them at all other places. There's only a few places that allow the giant roids in, and one of those places is e-gaming and eSports. No matter it's a job, you're getting a little bit of money, more money, you're able to get some sort of a life together to the point where you can buy a small little apartment. And when I mean small, I mean really small. The dimensions are nearly the same height as the house you lived in for many years, but not even that wide to keep your stuff together. You basically dare to sleep six hours a day. No matter. Life seems to be fine. And for many people, life would be fine this way. There's no more things to worry about. You just go to work and do the same things you've been doing. Family issues notwithstanding, of course. It's a simple life. But a simple life is never that simple. A woman comes in not the same looks as the cheerleader, but pretty good all the same. She's nice. There's some little issues that she has, but they're not too serious. Serious in the sense that it would have been over in other decades, but now we live in a new world and a new order. This is the best 
of bad choices. No, she doesn't have a kid, but she is in a polyandrous relationship with another man. And he's in another relationship with another woman. He keeps enough of a distance, but they still talk. There is some interest. There were moments that she decided to use her wilds, her first form of agency, in order to make him relax. It was nice while it lasted, but he never understood that you were not hers. It was just half of his turn. And so, things start to get a little bit more serious. One day watching the news, they were talking about the disasters that took place in schools and the sexual assault, harassment, gyroids, and a lot of it. And a leader talking to the morning programming host states that there needs to be a singles tax in order to pay for all of these things. They need marriages for marriage's sake. They need taxes just for you to exist. You're given the best of bad choice. You didn't maintain any sort of friend. She decides a lot of the things and you just go ahead and mind your own business. You talk a little bit too much for her liking, but she is, can deal with it. Eh. What's the worst that could happen? Graduation comes, she sees you there with her boyfriend and her, his girlfriend. You graduate top of your class in the sports medicine field. A job is already lined up for you. You will be working in two places. One dealing with female athletes, the other dealing in esports. Nice gig if you can get it. Not bad. Started out from the bottom and now you're in a great place. A lot of us don't even reach there even with the best of intentions. Then a couple days pass and you finally get her alone. You're both at the right age. And he then says, will you marry me? She says, no. He's disappointed. They stay a little while awkward on the realities of what he said, but then they drift apart. He got a lot of work to do. He makes a little bit of money. He's able to afford a normal apartment that which now cost about $2,000 with a $4,000 
security deposit. He's able to scrounge around some food and other things. His brother visits, the mother visits. Everything seems to be simple. The job goes through, and after a couple of years, things seem to be all right. Yes, the world keeps changing, the world keeps moving, the world seems to be ready for its next victim. Our protagonist enters the female room knowing that there are separators. Basically, all he does is wash their socks, wash their yoga pants, wash all those other things. More like a guy that does cleaning. And that's all. He's not strong enough or not built enough or not alpha enough to teach women to hold their positions in yoga class. Don't have the voice deep enough to tell them to heal. Get into the Samatra. Do the Tantra. Wash the mats, bleach, prevent MRSA, prevent COVID, prevent all of it. That's his job. And so one day, a 30-year-old woman comes around. The 30-year-old woman has a liking to our protagonist. The protagonist is desperate in certain ways. It's almost like his biology has taken the best of him. She's not Polly, she's not any of this, but she already has a kid from another man who has nothing to do with her. She is broken just like him, gone through similar issues just like him. I feel as though that this is a trap but this is how the gynocracy gets you. The mistakes or realities of life come to infect those that are trying to do the right thing by themselves for themselves. At the end of the day, the choice was made for him. There's plenty of others that are forced to make choices of that nature, to stay within the same race, even though many of those women in the same race are basically single mothers, to stay within the same religion, even though the same religion is accepting of single mothers and their foolishness, to stay in the same place where nothing makes sense. To stay in a country that no longer respects their abilities and their talents. But given all those choices and 
the way things are happened and the fact that he had no father in the home to teach him that there are other ways around this situation. He had to take a chance. And after some months passed, she said yes. And they got married. Marriage became a part of the situation at hand. Time passed. And two children came around. They were good. They seemed to be well behaved. They seemed to be well adjusted. You Try your best to be a father, but you're not always there because things are busy. The mother does what the mother does, similar to what our protagonist's single mother did. But now there's a man in the home and she feels nice about these things. There is a strange rule, however, in the household don't do your chores or you won't get pum pum. He doesn't think much about it. He does the chores. And they get into action. But it don't last long. She's all right with it. And they just go to bed. He seems relaxed, but... He notices that she's antsy, anxious, insecure about something. He won't know a thing. As time passes, he gets a different job. He has to take a vaccine in order to get into it he's not been sick not even with COVID not even with any of the new pandemics that have arrived it's a different world this can't travel without the vaccine can't do anything without the vaccine covering the protagonist's mother was a religious woman as much as religion could accept she always feared about sit sit sits mark of the beast she didn't know that the mark of the beast came from her and her anxieties and her insecurities or better yet an idea of what women's emotions are brought about the beast and she had no clue and no understanding that it brought to that particular point 
the way the world is that his son now has to go through. Her grandchildren will have to be vaccinated before they get even inside the school. It's a hard time for everyone involved. It's a hard time for those that are trying to do the right thing to get them into place. Schools are not the same like it was. There's virtual learning with virtual teachers doing virtual things and physical aspects. Don't need regular teachers anymore. Just use the giant roids for that. In fact, that was the only reason they allowed that giant roid technology to take place to replace the school teacher with a gyroid. Download the net syllabus right into the gyroid's head and the teacher teaches and the students listen. They have no choice but to listen. The days of the protagonists in high school and all the juicy stuff came to an end only just recently as they continue to lose to the Asian countries, Japan, South Korea, India, China. They began to realize that the school district and the school teachers lived in fear of the next virus, of the next pandemic, even with the vaccines. It became apparent to everyone that it was time to move on. Some went to homeschooling, others went to other places. But in the major cities, most of the school Teachers are gyroids. It feels different on the first day of the protagonist child's day of school. A gyroid who only several years before couldn't barely walk, mostly walks the way a human walks. It mostly looks like a human. With same touch, but the child kind of fears it. And they all walk inside. The tears still fall, but your tears don't even reach your eyelids. You just begin to wonder what the hell is going on here. Time passes. And you begin to see your sons start to act differently. You begin to see your daughter act a little bit differently. 
your daughter doesn't feel like she has to do things that women do and your sons are a little bit mischievous even for their age a little bit too mischievous they dance in strange ways that you never danced before the protagonist's daughter is not too worrisome she does well in school but she begins to develop things that you developed as a dude something strange is going on so a PTA meeting comes around and knowing that you have a break you decide to go into those buildings the old school building and wonder what is going on what is taking place here And then you see what you thought you would never have saw. They're not teaching your children anything. Were they teaching you back then? Maybe, but this is not the same. It's like it's been degraded every year since you left don't you feel the degradation now but you feel it even worse the protagonist felt it worse and then you hear the corporatized nonsense but it's way explicit your ears start to turn into literal firestorms both of anger, amusement, and perplexity. Is this what they're doing? They're not even teaching them quadratic equations anymore. You try to talk to your wife after the PTA meeting, and your wife is just saying, don't worry about it. But he is worried. This is the first time our protagonist starts to put his frame in the relationship. And she starts getting perplexed. She starts saying, this is not you. What is going on? You're not supposed to act this way. There's nothing to worry about. Why are you attacking me? She has a point. Why are you attacking her? But it wasn't an attack. It was a statement of fact. Something in your soul starts to rumble. So you talk to the principal and you explain your situation. And the principal, who is a female, said your concerns should not be, should not be that serious. This is the way things are. And you try to explain that 
Things are not the way it is. Many of his friends have gotten hurt. Many of his friends are homeless. Many of his friends are transient, nomads, and many other particulars of life that he cannot even mention here. Some have left the country and become popular in other places, but he's here back at a place that where he was born and he hasn't left. And this is the way things are going. I haven't heard any complaints from other parents. No, no, no. Not parents. Parentage. I have not heard any difference between the male biological personages and the female biological breeder entities about these particular things that we wish to teach the children. There, I got it correctly. You hang up the phone in utter disgust. Is that what a father is, a mother is, and all the rest of these, and all and everything that makes a family is now to these people? You seem to have enough money. You want to take them out of the school district. But mother says no. And now the first argument starts. The doubt starts to set in. Why is she acting this way? When in a couple of months, not that there wasn't any more arguments, there were small ones, but it was seemed to be disagreements. The wife starts to come home much too late, a little bit disheveled. Nah, it happened way back when. She wouldn't be doing this. And you start to figure out some things are a little bit off. A little bit off for your liking. So, you're not too worried about things. You still fight the school district. You're able to get some of your children out, much to disagree with the mother. And everything seems to work out. But not fully. As the young men get older, certain things become different around them. Mascara, lipstick, nail polish, feminized voice, no guitars in sight. Uh-oh. Uh-oh? What did I do? I tried to do the right things. I even 
went to a get together to make men better, to make my son better around others. What's going on? It was only a matter of time. Pops, I got a date for the prom. Irony of ironies, when the date came around, it is a stop, a shock. Your blood rang cold when you see a muscular, straight, not looking moist young man step out and hold your son's hands like it was a female. He says, hello, sir, how you doing? You don't know what to say. The mother takes over and said, how are you doing? Man, it was nice of you to send Georgina out for the prom. Georgina? Your mind just went from cold to incensed. They leave because you know that they put out rules saying if you start any attack, you lose your child. An argument exploded. When did you know about this? And it starts from there. The downfall of the family. You work too hard fought too long to get things out of your way to raise your children right and then a young man comes around says how you doing is Georgina ready and you don't know any Georgina and then someone comes down the stairs your son Dressed in that type of dress and you can't do anything because the whole world has got you where you they want you. The females of the house, your mother, their grandmother, your wife, and now your daughter all says that you're in the wrong for this. You talk to your son and explain everything. And then an explosion of anger comes out. This is what I always was. How? I never went through this. He had no frame in the family. He had no idea how to place a frame in the family. He allowed the mother to do whatever she wanted to do 
to raise the kids as you brought in the money. You were made a mule and you didn't even know it. You began to realize that you were being played. You were given the best of bad choices when you chose that single mother who already had a kid. And then the worst news came around. As the child graduates two years later, the young man decides to take a paternity test because of the arguments with the father. Knowing that he has an older brother that is not a part of the family, he wants to know if the same is true. And then they all find out none of the children are yours. Your heart has fallen through the floor. You begin to see signs. You begin to sense signs. You begin to understand the signs. But those signs were not enough. You just went along to get along. And now you got what you got and you being gone got. You went back to your mother's house. It is dingy and dirty, cluttered all over the place. Your brother tries to help you out, but there's not much you can say. You did the right things, and now you cannot believe what is taking place. The worst part about it is the father was alive this whole time and had children with other women. The father knew that those were his kids and nobody said anything. He even visited your house for Thanksgiving two times and not again. They seemed a little bit too chummy with that man. Even the dude that was in a dress was able to not be too offensive to that particular person. What was the change? The sheepishness of the past becomes disasters for the future. And with all of this taking place, with all of these things happening, they all move ahead. They all get degrees. They all move on in life. But you, 
You have been zeroed out. Your job has been downgraded. Some of it has been outsourced. You divorce the woman and she takes 50% of your work, 50% of your money. You only have to pay for a child that wasn't yours for the next two years, but it doesn't hurt that much as others have to go through 18 years from children they're not even their own just because they were with them for longer than six months. There is a perception that you will have a child within six months. The government thinks that way. So they have all put this on you and they have all hurt you for so much less. In desperation, in fear, and all the rest of these things, our protagonist, he loses his mind. And he's just about to lose his soul. Do you remember earlier that particular pile of gynocratic robots? Gynoid robots up to the ceiling is of certain houses, the landfill. You remember that one? He goes back to that place and sees the landfill. But the landfill isn't so much that large anymore. They burnt those giant robots down. Curiously, he keeps going. And then he sees that man that he gave the pizza to not that many years ago. He stops and honks the horn to the man. He says, hey, what's up? Uh, I don't remember you. I only saw you in college. What's going on? Do you know where that landfill where the John Roy's at? They don't do landfills no more. What do you mean they don't do landfills? They got rid of them. Haven't you heard? What do you mean haven't you heard? They recycled them. It got so bad they had to do an automatic recycles against the law to put landfills there if John Roy's there. They have to recycle them? It takes too long to recycle them, so they burn them off. Yeah, man, didn't you know? What happened to yours? I don't need them anymore. Why not? He takes out a card and gives it to Young and gives it to the man. That's why. What? How is this? It is what it is. Keep it. I think you have gone through the things I never wanted to go through. I see that you're desperate. You went through some shit, didn't you?
Look, this is the way it is. It's time to get your dreams that you were denied all those years ago to come to fruition. Take care. And he walks away. You put it in your pocket. And you go to the address. The protagonist enters the building. And there are no words to be said. There's another young boy now with a mother, three mothers in fact. The young boy is in another house, nine feet tall and not that much wider than our former protagonist was. This single mother and three others are taking care of this young child. But even though it's a young boy, they teach him how to do things the way a female is taught. They no longer trust the other side of humanity. They consider it a shadow, a weakened shadow of a formerly weakened world that had no respite and had no clue of how to handle humanity in this stage. Things will not get any better for this young man. The boy will grow up. And he will not know the touch of a woman. He will not go through the highs and the lows. His life will be completely controlled from birth to death. They have decided who he will be with. They have decided how he will be educated. They will decide if he goes crazy, how he will be handled. But in that building, in that former protagonist's area where we last left him, there is nothing left. Oh, there's men in there. but they're all zeroed out. The young man who started as a young boy in a house only nine feet high in a poor side of town is now nearing 70 years old. 
drugged out, mind lost, heartbroken, body disheveled, nearing the end of his existence. And it is also truly the end of human existence. His eyes closed for the final time as all of his sins comes flashing back and all of his disappointments come flashing in and all of his joys are just small little sparks in a reality that most will not survive through. Thank you for listening to part four of the rational male religion and positive masculinity. This is Novid Hollerback. We're on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Podcast Addict, Overcast. Soon on stereo, and wherever you get your the final episode of these specials is next week. I hope to see you then. Take care. Goodbye. Beyond this earth is a Garo Gothic production.